The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 28th chapter. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. I'm hoping my throat holds out. I'm getting a little <coughs> scratchy thing. Just when I go home to see my family in Minnesota tomorrow, I, I'm just thrilled to go home sick. <laughs> so they'll be thrilled too. I'm sure of that. But I will survive. I will, I will endure. Oh, let us pray. <clears throat> Our good and gracious God, we give thanks for this beautiful day. Thanks for this community of faith, for all who make it possible here at Upper Dublin to make music and have bulletins and have announcements and give to Global Mission and to so many projects in our world. We thank you that we can gather together for fellowship and strengthening to hear your word, to hear the joy that you have in um, living with us and among us and in giving us great responsibility to care for all that you have made. Help us, Lord, to accept that joy uh, and to do it well. In your name we ask. Amen. Well, what is your recipe for renewal when you've been driving in rush hour traffic on some highway because you had a later meeting than you'd hoped and you are frustrated? How do you recover hope after a sleepless night worrying about all the things that you have to do or family issues that are plaguing you? Where do you recharge your emotional batteries and feel wonder and amazement and be able to um, recover, so to speak, and, uh, and feel joy once again. Well, like many of you, my answer to all those would pretty much be the same thing. I would like to go outside and be out in my garden, out among the birds and the bees and all the things that God has made to go out to just deadhead blossoms is therapeutic, I know, for some of you, to see the new buds forming and hopefully no spiders and mites and ugly things coming as well is reassuring. I even give a few words of praise to my plants, chit-chatting with them. I hope nobody's listening as walkers go by our park uh, side of my house. But it is all of a sudden the blood pressure seems to come down. Uh, the mind begins to clear because I am outside in the breeze and the sky. Sometimes I get that way up in our cabin. Maybe you do at the shore. When you float on your back in the water and you look up at the sky, your ears are kind of underwater and you just hear that kind of humming, but the muted voices are not clear. And you, you lay there and think, where, where is God right now? Of course you know God's everywhere. But you begin to look into that expansive blue sky, knowing it's so far up there. When you're little, you think the blue sky is as high as it goes, but you go in an airplane and you wait. Oh, wait, it keeps going and going. The expansiveness of that sky. 
all of a sudden makes my problems seem quite small. And it is indeed therapeutic to know the Holy Spirit, today being Trinity Sunday. We've received the Holy Spirit on Pentecost last week, so now the Trinity is complete in arriving with us, and we are able to say, the Spirit is with us, and she sustains us and renews us in this beautiful world of ours. You see, God gave us this creation for a reason, uh, to be a partner with God, to have it as our teacher, as our gift, to refresh us and renew us. And my therapy when stressed out is always to give thanks for the marvelous complexity and the forms of animal life and the bonds with humanity. You know, many of us have those dogs, cats, gerbils, whatever it is that comes on Pet Sunday, I know it's therapeutic for you. They are our partners in life, those who have tapped into what we need to settle down. Now, I also, and no secret to most of you, have a partnership with bluebirds. God's beautiful little, not blue jays, but bluebirds, have been partners with me and given me stress relief for many, many years. I, uh, I have 15 boxes I check out in the park next to our home, And I have to say, even this year, they have amazed me more. Every uh, morning, Rob and I go for a walk about two miles around our park, and I kind of run and check the boxes to see if there's eggs or intruders, kick out the intruders, uh, this kind of thing. My male bluebird um, has taken to this habit. We go every day at about 8.20. We arrive at the first box. He's not nesting in that, but he's in the second box down another half block. I said to Rob, look at that. The male is standing on the bluebird box like this. And then he sees us. This is only the last week. He sees us coming, and then he goes, whoosh, he goes home, gets the little lady ready, and I have my mealworms in the pocket. I put them on top of their birdhouse, and they all come whoop, 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 down, and they eat and celebrate. I know I'm enhancing it a bit. But it is amazing that the bird can tell when we come, the internal clock. They know my dog. They know the routine. And it just gives me great joy. I know you've got similar stories. The bluebirds are my joy. They cost me a fortune as well. Um, Those mealworms cost a fortune, the live ones all summer. But it is so much fun to see the babies. And so that is my creation therapy. We just read in the story of creation in Genesis 1 uh, that it is uh, the Trinity that sustains it as well. And and there is the the spirit hovered over the the waters, the spirit, the female. And Jesus was there in the beginning and the word, and God spoke. And so, although it's subtle, uh, that is why this text also has been chosen for Trinity Sunday. One writer called God's elation after creating the world, when it says God saw that it was good, but he upped the scale a little bit. He called it, when God finished forming the world, he had cosmic elation. I love that. Cosmic elation. That is mega happiness. The Lord was beyond satisfied with his handiwork in forming the world. And today we don't, um, we don't generally uh, believe in the, the, that the Bible story in creation is a scientific account of how the cosmos came. We have sort of embraced the Big Bang Theory. We've come to see this as more of a why God created the heavens and the earth and all of the things in it. Why did God create it? For fellowship with us, because God wanted to partner with us. 
and made us in God's image as those caretakers. Whether we be in um, Africa savannas with elephants and with rhinos or rainforests with colorful birds, the Arctic with hungry polar bears and baby seals, it is no secret, my friends, that this earth's resources are not always being cared for as God wishes. We are due to corporate greed and hunting, driving to extinction, many of these blessed animals, and so we need to work together as stewards of God's creation in whatever ways you are finding possible to help save these animals and creatures in our environment for the next generation. It is our calling as God's children. It's a faith issue. It's a stewardship issue. My favorite hymn this morning is This Is My Father's World, and uh, you know the words pretty well, but we are called uh, to take care on behalf of God, God's world. It is an arts to pillage and destroy. We have it on loan, so to speak. Theologian uh, John Walton has uh, eloquently described the creation story and our relationship uh, with God in this way. <clears throat> he has said, you know, it says God rested on the seventh day. It doesn't mean that God necessarily laid back in his hammock and, and put up his feet, but the word rest, he said, in other creation stories, there isn't this image of God resting. There's many other pagan stories of creation. In fact, we've borrowed ours from some other group and added our theological uh, touch to it. But when God rests, the Hebrews would have known that this had special meaning. You see, God sets up the house, they say. God sets up the housing for six days, gets all the animals ready. And then it says God rested. I mean, God really moved in and made it home. God didn't step back, but he built the house for all of us, and then on the day he rested, he moved in and made it home, where he dwells with us in this world. He didn't absent himself. I like that. God loved his creation so much, he made a home with it and dwells together with his people on the seventh day. And so we have to say to ourselves, what is our responsibility? I had to say, I'm driving in this morning. I was in my car when... Sadly, all those good sermon ideas hit me between 7.15 and 7.30, and it's a little late. But I said, oh, why didn't I think of this? Yesterday, because I'm going to Minnesota tomorrow for nine, eight days, nine days, I had to get someone to take care of my garden because Rob is going away to the cabin, and there will be no one home. So one of the women who worked on mulching a while back, I said to her, would you ever be interested in watering my garden? And she said, I love gardening. Yes, I would. I don't know this woman from Adam. She was just in my yard for about three hours mulching, and she lives in uh, Skipac. And I said, how nervous am I when she came yesterday? I spent one hour showing her every sprinkler, every uh, place you turn the water on, every plant that's budding, uh, no matter how size, whatever she needed to watch for. I said to myself, how trusting are you that this lovely woman is really going to tend to your garden? Are you able to just let go, Diane, and let her take over? And I thought, if I'm so worried about all my silly little plants and gardens in my little acre, imagine God's ability to trust us with the entire creation that he has put forth in such abundance as the ones who will mind it, tend the store, so to speak, on his behalf. Oh, he's not gone, but he's given us the ability and the charge 
to care for this environment. What trust God has put in us. John Walton also continues in his thoughts on the creation story, which I kind of liked. God sort of moved into the, to the house, and he is now at home with us in creation. He says, but of course God's a little disappointed with the choices we human beings have made. God expected there would be morning conversations over a non-fat latte cappuccino at the Eden Starbucks, and evening chatting convivially at Job's Corner Bar and Grill. But no, no, no. We had to go and mess things up a bit. But still, he doesn't abandon us. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, this time to turn us around, renew our devotion, and acquire uh, more and more of us and our attention. God is constantly, graciously forgiving us and reaching back to us to encourage us to care for one another and God's world in a more loving manner. We have work to do, my friends. We know all the challenges in our climate and all the discussions, but it is a theological issue. We have been called by God to care for creation. It is our stewardship assignment, and we need to do better. I have a closing uh, thought here that came from Mary Oliver, a wonderful writer. And she had said, you know, for all of our concerns, sometimes our failures, it still is so reinvigorating to uh, bump into God in various places. And God is here, as I said, at home with us in creation. She writes this, One summer had just begun, and it was time for being especially close to God in creation. Maybe you feel his nearness, she says, and celebrate this. Well, years ago, I emerged from the woods in the early morning, she said. It was the most casual of moments. As I stepped from under the trees into the mild, pouring down sunlight, I experienced a sudden impact, a seizure of happiness. It was not the drowning sort, but rather the floating sort, I made no struggle toward it. It was freely given. Time seemed to vanish. Urgency vanished. I knew that I belonged to the world. I didn't feel that I understood any mystery. Not at all. Rather, that I could be happy and feel blessed within the perplexity of life. As I say, it was the most casual of moments, not mystical as the word is usually meant, for there was no vision or anything extraordinary at all, but only a sudden awareness of the citizenry of all things within one world, leaves, dust, thrushes and finches, men and women, and yet it was a moment I have never forgotten and upon which I have based many decisions in the years since. Brothers and sisters, we know God is here to walk with us in the evening, to talk with us as he did with Adam and Eve, not face to face, but the Spirit will bring him near in amazing ways. 
this summer and wherever your venue is in your sacred place in creation. May you be filled with awe over and over again and refreshment and renewal from your troubles. For this is our Father's world. Why should our hearts be sad? He shines in all that's fair. In the rustling grass, I hear him pass. He speaks to us everywhere. Amen.